Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Team 980 always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Final hour of power here on the Burgundy and Gold today before we dish the rock to the Hoffman Show at 3 o'clock. NBC Sports Washington insider Pete Haley set to join us at about 2.15. We get his commentary on the commander's quarterback situation. Right now, though, I want to hit the phones. 301-230-0980. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll let you hear from Ron Rivera one more time here on the quarterback failures uh, that he's had since he's gotten here. But the question out there for you guys is, what do you ultimately think the commanders should do next to quarterback? Carson Wentz didn't work out. Clearly, $28 million mistake. We all, well, I don't know if we all are, but most of us in this fan base are under the assumption that Taylor Heineke is not a starting quarterback in the National Football League. And then there's rookie fifth-round pick Sam Howe. Now, we get further into the Sam Howell discussion uh, on the back half of the show. But what do you guys think? What should this football team do next to quarterback? Because if you listen to everyone here locally, myself included, a lot of us feel like this football team is a quarterback away from being a perennial playoff contender, from being one of the upper echelon teams in the conference. They're close. But this regime, talking about Ron Rivera and company, their inability to effectively correct the quarterback position is going to end up being their undoing. Ron Rivera talked about last summer about how he wanted to drop a quarterback into a quote-unquote perfect situation. Carson Wentz was supposed to be that guy. Hindsight tells us that obviously he isn't. But that doesn't mean the search stops. They still must address quarterback. From your vantage point, what should the Washington Commanders attempt to do next at the quarterback position? Go to Reggie in Baltimore. What's going on, Reggie? Reggie. No, Reggie. Jonesy in Dreambell. What's going on, Jonesy? What's going on, Leo? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, my man. How you doing? I'm hanging tough. Check this out, man. We need to find out what we got in Sam Howe so we'll know what we know what to look for as far as our next draft. But we're not just a, a quarterback away. We're a stout offensive line and a quarterback away. You know what I'm saying? I we got B-Rob. The running back room is, is, is tight. 
Now what we need to do is solidify that offensive line. That's something I thought you had to do coming in the door. Should have never got rid of Eric Flowers. I mean, that was a big mistake right yeah. there. And you should have figured it out on, on Brandon Sheriff as well, even though he just gave you eight games a season. Now, going forward, that's what we need to work on, my man. Seriously. And as far as Riverboat, Ron, come on, stop <laughs> Riverboat stuff, man. I, I, I was thinking more like uh, Swamp Raft, uh, uh, Ron, that's, that's what we got. Hey, I appreciate yeah. the call, Jonesy. Let's go to Bob in Rockville. Bob, what do you think the team should do next at the quarterback position? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on, buddy? Hey, healthy New Year to every healthy New Year, everybody out there. Hey, happy New Year! To the you. last caller's got it right on the offensive line, guys. Look at the Rams. Bingo. Similarities. Let's go back to it. Really started. Well, look, the started, thing, the Rams thing though. Before wait, wait, before you get wait, going, the Rams thing they were depleted on the offensive line with injuries. They did properly so address. We it. aren't. We aren't. We're healthy on, right guys. now. Who's injured on all three center? We that guard playing in the NFL, right? Correct. Williams, Condon, and, and Moses. Okay, lots of mistakes. Previous history. Okay, so what he's got, he banked on his defense. Lots of number one picks. We even let Settle go. He's playing up here in Buffalo. He banked on Jamin Davis to save the linebacker squeeze. He was terrible on defense linebackers. Both the coaches, the best two we have on the coaches right now, are on defense. Turner's scheme's good because of his father. Riverboat Ron can't make a decision during a game. Turner can't call the right play. Bob, Bob, quarterback, buddy. We got no 12-year veterans, 8-year veterans, 7-year veterans, 15-year veterans. I appreciate the call, Bob. Raymond, actually Little's in D.C. What's going on, Little? Big fella, Lanell. Happy New Year to you, man. How you doing, my man? Hey, look. What do you all look? What, 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 what do you ultimately think the commander should do next to quarterback? We got to stay on task here, everybody. I like I like the quarterback out of TCU, and I like TCU to win it all. Well, let me help you out, man. Um, this past Tuesday, some people called up to my my wife from Miami, um, Lanell. Mm-hmm. Say, my man, my man was sitting down having lunch with um uh, with with Jay Z and some other people. With John Costello, Eugene Muskets. You know who they represent. Of course. They represent Brian Leftwich. They represent Brian Leftwich. Both of them lawyers, they met up down. They was down there having lunch together. But at the end of the day, look, I was at the game, man. I saw them trophies come out on the field. I, I started getting chills. See, we got to realize, Commanders Nation, we're not the Detroit Lions or the Buffalo Bills or the Minnesota Vikings of the world. So we look back at what happened and say, okay, let's move forward. But trust me, little scuttlebutt, whether Ron Turner win this game, whether whether Ron Rivera win this game Sunday or lose, man, he getting out. He he, he getting fired in there within a week after the season. A little, they can't Trust fire. Me, man, you heard for little. Follow me. Follow me at J Little nineteen sixty one. At J Little, tweet me at J Little nineteen sixty one. You heard. I him. like TCU and I like TCU quarterback. Little thinks Washington should go with a rookie quarterback in the draft. I personally agree with that. I don't think drafting or, or, or trying to sign a veteran is the right option for this group. I don't. I personally think, first of all, I would buy Ron Rivera potentially some more time. I think you draft someone high this year and you allow them to compete with Sam Howe. And you bring back Taylor Heineke as your veteran, so to speak, of this room. Now, if that is going to be the plan, 
we know Washington is going to have to give up some assets to move up to get a quarterback. Well, guess what? The Chicago Bears, as it currently stands, holds the third overall pick uh, in the draft. The Chicago Bears have a glaring hole in the interior of their defensive front. So if Washington could tango with the Chicago Bears to move up into the top five, franchise tag and transition tag and trade Deron Payne to Chicago, pick swap, do whatever you got to do, I think the best course of action to trying to solve Washington's quarterback problem is going to be solving it through the draft. I agree with Little. If we can get Max Duggan, who's TCU's quarterback, future's bright because I think that guy's the truth. He's a dog. He plays with an incredible amount of heart. I mean, he just beat Michigan. No one gave him them a chance. I'm excited to see him go against Georgia. That will be his biggest test so far in his college career, but so far he's lived up to the hype and more, or and some in every, uh, you know. So you think time. Max, so, so if you had your choice or your pick of the litter, so to speak, with this quarterback class, you'd think Max Duggan is him. I mean, yeah, he was second running Heisman right after Caleb Williams. Bryce Young, I mean, he just always has weapons at Alabama. I don't think so Bryce be- Young's going to be available. I mean, he's going 1-1. Yeah, and so. then C.J. Stroud will probably go 2 just because he has so much hype around him. But Max Duggan, he might be the sleeper in this draft as far as quarterbacks are concerned down the line when uh, history is told. It'll be interesting, man. 301-230-0980. What do you think the commander should do with quarterback moving forward? Fifth-round pick Sam Howell. Still on the roster. We'll ask Pete Haley if he thinks Sam Howell is going to get the start Sunday or not. And then in the back half of the show, we'll do a full dive on quarterback Sam Howell. He spoke with John Kime of ESPN about a week and a half ago. We'll play you that audio. Plus, we'll let you hear from the quarterback's coach, Kenny Zampezi, someone who works with Sam Howell on a day-to-day basis and give you his thoughts on the progress of our fifth-round pick. Right now, though, I want to continue to hit the phones. 301-230-0980. Larry's in the district. What do you think the team should do a quarterback, my man? Hey, good morning. Uh, good afternoon. How y'all doing? How you doing? All right. I think that they should talk to the Green Bay Packers and see if they can get Jordan Love as their quarterback because he's just sitting on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is going to come back next year. So whatever draft uh, pick that you're going to use, go ahead and give it to Green Bay and let them send you Jordan Love. That way you got a young but veteran quarterback who's been sitting in the system for about three to four years, and he should know how to play uh, in the NFL. <laughs> Larry, let me ask you this, because I, I think it's a, a, a brilliant idea. But when you talk about Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers, Larry, know Jordan Love better than anybody else in the National Football League. They drafted him, Correct. correct? Think yes. about the fiasco that they were dealing with, the PR nightmare that was Aaron Rodgers last offseason. If they truly believed in Jordan Love and his ability to lead that football team, you think they would have dealt with the headache of Aaron Rodgers? They would have been able to get a King's ransom, three first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. And you relieve yourself of the headache. If, if Jordan Love was really good or really an NFL quarterback, don't you think we'd know by now? Well, the games that I've seen him play, he's been pretty decent in them. But the thing is, is that Aaron Rodgers is Mr. Green Bay right now. So they don't want the embarrassment of letting Aaron Rodgers go or having any kind of fiasco with him. And that's the reason why they're willing to kiss his behind a little bit until he's ready, ready to walk out the door or whatever he's going to do. But like I said, this kid is just sitting on the bench just wasting good years. Hey, Larry, I appreciate the call, my man. Look, Jordan Love will be an interesting 
an interesting prospect. I kind of just gave my piece on it. I feel like, man, if he was worth a damn, Green Bay would have just parted ways with Aaron Rodgers and got that King's ransom in return and built out the rest of that roster to put pieces in place uh, to ensure the success of Jordan Love. That didn't happen. He's still there. So is Rodgers. Take one more call here before we hit the break. Steve is in Columbia. Steve, what do you think the team should do at quarterback moving forward? Okay, man. Look, I think bottom line is I think they should go through the draft, pick a kid who has potential to start. But I also, I don't want this regime to, to make that decision. I don't trust them with developing a college kid coming out. I just don't. But I, I think that's that. the route you have to go. At, huh? I said, I, I get that. I, I agree 100% with you. What have they shown? I mean, they have, right. so, they've never shown me ask, ability. Let me, let me ask you this, though. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a possibility that the new owner can come in and say to Ron, look, your GM duties are over, and bring in their own GM, even if Ron and them make a pick with somebody, but they can relieve him of them duties? Is, is there enough time to do that? I think it's a, it's a damn good question, Steve. It's all going to – everything with this offseason and the moves that they make – is going to be based upon the timeline of this impending sale. Because I do agree with you 110%. If you were listening at the beginning of the show, all the good teams in the oh, National yeah, Football know. League are built the same way. You get a, you, a competent owner, hires a competent GM. That competent GM then hires a head coach, and then those two collaborate and pick a franchise quarterback. There is no reinventing the wheel, and it feels like for the last 20 years, that's what Washington's tried to do reinvent the wheel. Yeah, maybe we'll get lucky and it will do it the right way this time. Hopefully. I appreciate the call, my man. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, my much-anticipated conversation with Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington. We get into a bevy of topics, including what the Washington Commanders could potentially do next at the quarterback position. All that and more next here on the Burgundy and Gold today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey 
podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Team 980, always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Lanell Willingham here with you guys on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. Still trying to get all our thoughts out about Washington's 24-10 loss at the hands of the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Joining us right now to help us do that on the Team 980 guest hotline is NBC Sports Washington Commanders insider Pete Haley. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Pete Haley NBC. What's going on, Pete? Good morning, Linnell. Good to hear from you. Good afternoon. Good evening. And uh, it's always nice <laughs> to talk to you. Definitely, my man. Let's uh, let, let's go back to to Sunday here for a second. You were there at FedEx. Uh, first of all, start by describing the atmosphere out there before pregame. It was uh, pretty pretty dull. It was right. really weird for it to be such an important game. And I understand it was New Year's Day, and some people just didn't feel like getting out of bed. But it was a really nice weather day. And this team was two wins away from guaranteeing its playoff destiny. And I know that it hasn't been a very good franchise for fans to support for over two decades. So um, just because they have two games ahead of them doesn't mean fans can necessarily forget the two decades of pain that have preceded those games. But um, it was uh, it was almost unsettling to be on the field pregame because around like 20 minutes before kickoff, you can really start to feel the energy rise. The players are going through their final warm-ups. The music is loud. But on Sunday, it was just something missing. And then the early interception from Carson Wentz with how everybody reacted and started chanting for Heineke, it was apparent that at that moment, the day was not going to go Washington's way. Were you surprised by the crowd reaction after Carson Wentz's uh, first interception? But um, it was uh, was almost unsettling to be on the field pregame because around, like, 20 minutes before kickoff, you can really start to feel the energy rise. The players are going through their final warm-ups. The music is loud. But on Sunday, it was just something missing. And then the early interception from Carson Wentz yeah. with how everybody reacted and started chanting for Heineke, it was apparent that at that moment, the day was not going to go Washington's way. Were you surprised by the crowd reaction after Carson Wentz's uh, first interception? I know there was a lot of pushback all week long, pretty much. Fans felt like it was a 50-50 split almost. There were some fans that you know understood the idea of going to Carson Wentz, but then there was the other contingent of the fan base that said, you know, Taylor Heineke brought us to this point. I think it's fair to let him finish out the ride. Were you surprised by the crowd's overall reaction? I honestly was, yeah. I mean, I know that the Heineke love is very real, and I'm honestly one of the people who loves the guy and, and wanted to see him finish out the year. But I understood the change to Carson, and in my head I honestly supported it because what was going on with Taylor had seemed to run its course. And I thought a lot of the fans that I engaged with and read and, and listened to at least 
understood the move as well. But I guess one thing about being so involved on Twitter is there's 98% of the fan base isn't on that app right. and, and maybe has a more simplistic view of, hey, that quarterback that we just took out won a bunch of games for us. Why are we putting in this other guy who the last time we saw looked really bad? So when that chant broke out and, and when the boos rained down with severe heaviness, I was taken aback for a second, but in processing it a little bit more, I realized like that the people I've talked to is just a very small sample, and I, I found that most people on Twitter maybe have you know, a, at least a bit more of an advanced view or at least care enough to be on that site and, and talk about this team while the overwhelming majority of fans are just watching on Sundays and, and voicing their support that way. And that's, that's where the Heineke support really lived, I think, is those more just basic win or loss fans. Not that basic is, right. is a bad word, more just, you know, they, they care about the team and they want to see him win, and Heineke was doing that for him. Two first-half interceptions for Carson Wentz, but they end the half uh, on a good note. A 21-play touchdown drive where he caps it off, uh, diving over the uh, the pile at the goal line. If it wasn't for that touchdown drive, I think it was 16 runs, five passes on that drive, do you think Ron Rivera considers pulling Carson Wentz at the half? Perhaps, but Ron is is a guy who really likes to be proven Correct, like most people in the world. It <laughs> right. feels better to be right than wrong. And and then making this whole switch and then having to undo it after 30 minutes of football would have been a very tough pride pill for him to swallow. Um, so in that alternate reality where Wentz doesn't get that and they go down 3 nothing, and the fans probably are really upset when the team leaves the field, I still think Wentz gets an opportunity to come out after halftime, and maybe if, if he goes three and out like he did, then, then Ron considers a switch. But I was under the impression that um, it was going to be Carson's day as long as he didn't throw, like, seven interceptions. And, of course, he ended up throwing three. <laughs> but, like, he two in the first half, you could sell it as he was finding his rhythm and the defense was doing okay and, and holding up to Cleveland. Um, so I think it would have taken even more failure for Heineke to come out because Ron just didn't want to have to uh, acknowledge he was wrong so quickly. Yeah, you, you mentioned the two first-half interceptions. Based off of what you saw in his limited work against San Francisco the week prior, were you surprised at how unsettled he looked early on in that football game? Because it really just felt like, even from him trying to hit the checkdowns, that he just was not mentally there uh, on Sunday. With Carson, there's always going to be those ugly misses. There were some of them in San Francisco, but certainly not at the rate that we saw against Cleveland. Um, it, but the fact that they were just it was nonstop. It was incessant inaccuracy. It was poor decisions. So yeah, I, I don't think much of Carson, but I thought he would be better than that. I thought he would at least offset those plays with the deeper throws. And and the staff didn't really ask him to do much of that. And on that 21 play drive, Carson was hidden. And I think that's telling that the most successful drive of the day, they basically hit Carson behind the running game. Um, so it, maybe the plan wasn't great. Maybe, you know, we all wanted them to stick with this running game, but if you're going to stick with that running game, why, why bring in the guy who's got the big arm and is better as a thrower than Taylor? Maybe you needed to uh, try and do some more quick game like they did against San Fran and let Carson just hit those check downs. I mean, when he was throwing to Logan Thomas on Sunday in the flats and in that intermediate part of the field, it looked good when he was just yeah. three-step, five-step and, and throwing it. That was really the only time Carson and seemed comfortable. Um, but I guess that San Francisco game was was not enough for him to shake off the rust. And honestly, I think at this point of his career, he's just 
he's broken mentally. I mean, we see the the zip on the ball, but when he fails in Philadelphia and watches another quarterback win a Super Bowl, then he gets a second chance in Indianapolis, fails there too, and then comes to Washington, and his first stint doesn't go well, and the fans clearly love Heineke more than him. I think the guy upstairs is just tarnished, and I don't think he'll ever really rise back to even satisfactory quarterback play. Yesterday, Ron Rivera spoke to you guys via Zoom, and it was, you know, one of the more memorable, you know, media availabilities he's had, you know, since he's been here. I thought Ron was very forthcoming and and honest and transparent. Uh, Did you get that same sense, and were you surprised at any of his answers? I definitely got that sense. Um, He, after games, is usually fairly defensive, and understandably (laughs) so. Uh, it's, It's hard to answer pointed questions minutes after your team loses. And and I don't envy coaches who have to do that, but it is part of the job and and they need to be good about it. Um, But those Monday pressers, when Ron's had a chance to digest the film and and take a little bit of a breather, he's usually pretty good. And uh, some of the stuff he touched on on Monday about needing to find the quarterback one again, it's disheartening to know that's the point he's arrived at because it will be his fourth different search for QB one, assuming he gets that chance. And I think he will, even if he doesn't deserve it per se. Um, and, and some of the other things about just, uh, I, I asked him, you know, it's been three years. The, the presser we had on Monday was the three year anniversary of his first ever press conference as Washington's head coach. And I asked him, what progress can you point to in these three seasons? Cause the numbers seven wins, seven wins, and then either seven or eight wins indicates very little progress. And he touched on the skill positions and, and the defensive line and the middle of the defense with Jamin and the safeties. And those are all fair points, but my, my story, which I'm waiting to publish kind of just waiting for the DeMar Hamlin situation doesn't feel right to write a silly football stories right now with all that going on. But like, he should have more to point to than a couple of better position groups. It should be easy for him to say, not that we're trending in the right direction. We're in a different position period. And and the types of things he was saying is the stuff you hear from a first year head coach after his first year in a rebuild, not a guy who's had three years and total control. So while he is right that the receivers are, are good and the running backs are promising and the D line had a great year, like, you need better, more tangible things than just a few uh, position groups showing some promise. Yeah, I want to go back to the comments that he made about quarterback because I thought that was, you know, very telling. And you just brought it up. I don't personally, me, I don't think he deserves the opportunity to choose another quarterback. And it, it's not for the reasons that everyone else might think. I think he's swung and missed a couple of times here now uh, on the quarterback position. Anytime Ryan Fitzpatrick ends up as your opening day starter, it's clear that. You know, you did not exhaust the proper resources to to upgrade that position. When you look at Washington and their path to getting a quarterback potentially this offseason, it's not like, Pete, that this this process has gotten any easier for them. I know yesterday he said, well, we tried to do this and we had to pivot to a plan B. Uh, if they were to go out and potentially try and draft a rookie, Pete, being that this is going into year four of this regime, would that even be something that crosses their mind, you think? It's so tough for this group to trust a rookie because going into this year, it would have been tough for them to do knowing that Ron seat, while it wasn't hot and, and well, maybe he, not even warm, well, it Pete, at least well, Pete, was not to cut you off. I think he made it hot by boasting his chest out this summer and saying year three right. was going to be the year that we take this jump. I don't think us as media members here locally thought this was some 10, 11 win football team. Even when the Carson Wentz trade was made. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then now the seat, whether it was hot or not before the season will be, especially if there is a new owner. I mean, Ron's time could be numbered if there's a new owner, unless he goes on some crazy 13 win run next year. And what was, what has harmed this organization so much in the past is that uh, the head coaches will come in. They'll, they'll deal, deal with the inherited quarterbacks that won't work. They'll maybe try and get a quick fix. And then they'll realize, okay, I need to draft a rookie, but then that coach is gone before the rookie is in his second or third year. So then that rookie is the next group of inherited quarterbacks for the next coach. And those timelines don't match up. And if Ron drafts a quarterback this year, that's going to happen again. And not that, you know, he's got some brilliant offensive mind, but whatever playbook they instill in that rookie, he'll then have to forget and learn a new one for the next head coach. And that goes without even touching on this team's draft position. If they're in the middle of the first round, they'll have to move up to get a quarterback that's worth really trusting. So it's a mess. And it, like I, I sympathize with Ron in that it's really damn hard to find a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why uh, Wentz was available, because he wasn't a good one, and the good ones are all kept. So then you have to sift through the trash and hope the guy you can find, you can like wash off, and, and, and it's, he's not that much trash. And this right. year, maybe Derek Carr is going to be that version of that guy. But even so, like it's just so damn hard, and I think the only way to really do so is to get lucky in the draft, but I don't have any faith that this regime will, A, get lucky, or B, be around long enough to develop that guy. Talking to Pete Haley, Commander's Insider for NBC Sports Washington. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Pete Haley NBCS. Uh, I got a chance to listen to you guys on the postgame show on NBC Sports Washington, and J.P. Finley uh, unchained, so to speak, Pete, and he had, to me, the quote of the weekend, if this was a regular properly run NFL outfit everything would be on the table after a loss like that Uh, clearly with the impending sale of the team Pete this is not a regular NFL outfit and it is really difficult I understand it to fire Ron Rivera because a new owner is going to come in and want to choose his guy with those being the circumstances what type of changes can you anticipate uh, happening between now and you know maybe potentially the start of OTAs even stuff like coordinator changes, they yeah. just extended Scott Turner and not that he's making a billion dollars, but uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's a new contract that Snyder might be hesitant to ax and, and Ron would again, not want to just say, Oh, we got this guy a new deal. Oh wait, never mind. He's wrong. He's not the guy I need to get rid of him. That's going to look bad for Ron. Yeah. Uh, Del Rio has done a nice job with the defense. So I don't think you really want to touch the defense too much. It's just going to be, more personnel and and Ron when he outlined all the things he's proud of like I think he's proud of the first line of his depth chart but the second and third lines are the areas that need to be fortified now because he always always talks about injuries and look I get it injuries are like they they are very detrimental obviously when you lose starters when you lose Cam Curl and Benjamin St. Juice like your team's not going to perform as well inevitably but you need to have better depth behind those guys so that it isn't just such an obvious downgrade in talent. And, and I think that's another part of what's disappointing with Ron is that this year we liked the starters pretty much all over the field, yeah. but uh, we knew that the secondary was really thin. And, and when a guy turns an ankle and has to miss a couple weeks, that can't just torpedo your entire season. So I don't see much happening with the coaching staff. I don't see much happening uh, in the front office. So it's got to be the players on the field and hopefully they can find some more bargain type guys like their JD McKissick's and Logan Thomas's of the past and, and, and draft well again and, and just further fill out this team so that when next year in week seven, John Allen misses time or Jamin Davis misses time, Ron isn't coming to us saying, well, my starters weren't there. It's, oh, thank God we had this backup who's 
pretty much just as good as the guy he's filling in for. Yeah, it's tough when when you hear Ron talk about the injury situations because like you just outlined, yeah, I get it, but other teams across the National Football League have to deal with the same damn thing. I mean, San Francisco's on their third-string quarterback. The mm-hmm. Giants are running out YMCA wide receivers, and they're locked in the sixth seed. <laughs> so the injury situation here in Washington really just isn't much of an excuse. One game left. They're honoring Sonny Jurgensen on Sunday against the Cowboys. Uh, we found out yesterday that that game going to be flexed to 425 p.m., Eastern time. It'll be a Fox game. Could Do you think we'll see Sam Howell start? I know the question was asked to Ron Rivera uh, on Sunday by Grant Paulson and then yesterday again by you guys, and he didn't really you know, seem to have a definitive answer. What does your gut tell you that Double R is going to do? Uh, my gut tells me that it will be Sam Howell. Um, very liberal use of flex there, by the way, for you. I would say it just got <laughs> scheduled for 425. Flexing implies that like the league put it there because it really wanted to. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I would say Sam Howell, um, and I understand the, the Cowboys' defense is ferocious, and they'll be playing for something, and it could be a really tough challenge for Sam Howell, but he's a fifth-rounder. You need to see if there's anything to work with, and I know that one game, if he goes out there and throws for 350 or he goes out there and throws for 50, it shouldn't just completely color our opinion of him. It's just going to be a, a point in the sample size for him. But uh, there's absolutely no point for Carson Wentz to ever throw a football again in this area. And maybe you want to give Heineke like a final chance to salute the crowd, and, and that at least gives you a better chance to win. But forget that. Losing is better for this team anyway to move up the draft order. And somehow needs to... Uh, be able to show you what he's learned sitting behind these guys. Can he run around? Can he just look like a competent player? There shouldn't be big expectations, but what does he look like trying to play against really good defense? That is the most important thing to come out of this meaningless game. And if Ron doesn't go to Howell, it'll just be another uh, thing for fans to be bitter with him about. Yeah, and I I think... You know, normally it takes him till about Wednesday, Pete, to really get his thoughts in order, it seems like. You know, we all mm-hmm. knew he was going to start Carson. He waited till Wednesday to announce it. Um, when he made the announcement last week, he leaked it to, I believe it was Josina Anderson of uh, CBS Sports HQ. And she said that, you know, if Washington was eliminated, you know, that they would consider going to Sam Howell. I'm assuming that was spoon-fed to her by somebody in the Washington Commander's PR department. What do you make of him, though, like being hesitant to do this? And yesterday he kind of came off with this, macho and bravado and machismo of like, hey, we're playing every game to win. That's all fine and dandy, but but we know if Sam Howell doesn't get the start uh, on Sunday against Dallas, I can only imagine the backlash that Ron Rivera is going to get. And by the way, he's handled the media this season and last year. Quite frankly, I don't know if he can handle the backlash. It it is it does crack me up when he says things like you know you you guys will be the last to know we're going to make this decision. like no we're not there's <laughs> leaks coming out of that team all the time Rappaport right. knows half the time before Ron knows it seems like so I think it's funny when he tries to puff his chest out and say that it's going to be a very buttoned up decision um, but yes he does normally wait till Wednesdays he prides himself on being a good communicator and I think that's a good thing to pride yourself on he, he wants to make sure he talks to everybody involved talks to the coaches talks to the players make sure that everyone understands what's coming and then uh, I'm sure by tomorrow uh, like 10 a.m. 11 a.m. The, the commander's Twitter account will post a graphic of Howell or Heineke and say he's our starter moving forward because practice is at 11.50, and and he wouldn't want us to be able to see just by who's getting the reps. So look for that. It'll come from the team account in the morning on Wednesday morning. And uh, for everyone's sake, let's hope it's a picture of Sam Howell and and, and his flowing hair and and his practice jersey 
and we can always have something at least a little significant to look forward to when we're at that stadium and we're surrounded by 60,000 annoying people in Michael Irvin jerseys and Des Bryant jerseys. Yeah, definitely. Look, I don't want to be negative Nancy here, but it definitely seems like it's going to be a lot of blue uh, in FedEx on Sunday, and it's going to be sickening. Uh, Pete, I'll let you go on this, my man, and let you have the floor here. If you could describe what's next for this football team from your vantage point, the floor is yours. (laughs) It's scary to think, but like as of standing here right now, I don't know how what's next is going to look very much different from what's been happening. Yeah because the the same staff I assume will be in place um, same players at least at quarterback same caliber of players unless they somehow get completely lucky or swing a massive trade um, however of course the thing that could change the direction or at least the optimism of fans is a new owner coming in March April May June whenever that is and and until that happens I'll approach the future with very cautious uh, not even optimism, just cautious cautiousness. Um, but if that owner comes in, then at least it'll feel like, okay, it might take a while for, for everything to fall in line underneath it, but that can, that can really provide some hope. Um, but uh, without that guy, it's going to be probably another B minus C plus kind of quarterback an average coaching staff and a team that has to rely on the running game and the defense in the year 2023 when basically everybody else is throwing the ball around the yard and trying to score 30 points. Eloquently put, my friend. I appreciate you giving us some time, my man. Of course. Thank you. And uh, sorry for that just complete lack of excitement. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think everybody can kind of relate to it. Yeah, man, we definitely understand it, man. Be well. (laughs) That is Pete Haley, NBC Sports Washington Commanders Insider. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Pete Haley NBCS. When we come back, quarterback, the topic of conversation for the Washington Commanders. All signs pointing towards rookie fifth-round pick Sam Howell getting the start on Sunday against Dallas. What are your expectations for the young pup? I'll tell you what I think next. This is Team 980. Big thanks to Pete Haley, NBC Sports Washington Commanders insider. For joining the program, plenty, plenty of good nuggets in that conversation. If you missed any of that, I will have that conversation in its entirety posted on the podcast. Uh, Burgundy and Gold today, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a dive into it, though. Quarterback. Sam Howell specifically when talking about the quarterback position. Drafted in the fifth round. A lot of pundits coming out thought that, you know, before last college football season started, that he was going to be one of the top quarterback prospects coming out in last April's draft. That obviously uh, did not fare that way for Sam Howell. He lost a lot of weapons uh, on his offense, and he basically had to play hero ball his final year at UNC. That being said, a lot of meat on that bone, so to speak. Sam Howell has the physical traits to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League if he's developed properly. And that's really the caveat and conversation that we're having here right now. Do we trust this regime to develop Sam Howell properly? First of all, I think, and I said it in the interview with Pete, if Ron Rivera and company do not come out and announce Sam Howell as the starting quarterback for the season finale against Dallas, all hell's going to break loose here locally. What other option do you got? Damn sure better not see Carson Wentz again. Taylor Heineke has already secured his spot on this team next year as at least the backup. Look, not saying that you can take a whole bunch away from one start from a rookie quarterback, but damn, 
it'd be good to know if we've got something in them, right? I'm not saying you're going to be able to make some clear-cut evaluation on if on if he's going to be the starter next year or not based off of one start. But for him to get live experience, to get live reps and live action is huge. It's huge. But there is something to say about the inexperience that Sam Howell has. Here's Logan Paulson, co-host of the Take Command podcast with Craig Hoffman, talking about why Logan wouldn't start Sam Howell Sunday against the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, he's a fifth-round draft pick. And I look look around the league, look at people that were taken ahead of him, Ritter, Pickett, Malik Willis. Um, this was not a very strong quarterback class for a reason. Those guys were taken ahead of him. I had them all ahead of him in my quarterback evaluations this last season. And I just think you're going to be putting him into the fire against a very good Dallas defense. And that doesn't seem like a fair opportunity for someone that you have a lot of confidence in. And, you know, we've talked about this on, on the podcast quite a bit there. You don't practice a lot as the third guy, as the third string quarterback on an NFL team. Like, you don't practice at all, hardly. Like, it's on you to kind of cultivate your own development. And I just think that would be unreasonable a little bit, you know? If, if um, like, what is his mastery of the offense? Like, what is his mastery of the, the techniques, the footworks, the things that he was struggling with earlier? The timings, like, you know, Carson's getting reps in this offense. Taylor's getting reps in this offense. And they still struggle with it. So, is it fair to put him in on a week? When you have guys like Terry and Jahan and um, you know Leno's going to play in this game, is that fair to them to say that we're not going to try and win, we're going to put the young guy in and see what he's got? I don't know. I don't know if that is fair to them. And so I would say that Taylor probably gets a start. That's not to say that, 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 they don't, that's, that Sam doesn't start. They might change their mind. They might say Sam gives us the best shot to win, um, although I, I would hypothesize that that's not the case. I would, I would think that they would go with Heineke. It's Logan Paulson, former Washington tight end, played five seasons here with the Burgundy and Gold before taking his talents elsewhere. His opinion in this town matters. Logan's a football junkie, one of the best film crunchers in the industry right now. He knows his stuff, and he's in that building on a day-in, day-out basis. So for him to say that about Sam Howell and about how there's concern about how ready he is, so to speak, I get it, and it does not fall upon deaf ears, but check this out. There are some guys in the National Football League, and Logan can attest to this, that do not practice well, that aren't worth a damn in practice. But when the lights come on and it's game day, look out. Look out. Sam Howe could be the next big thing, so to speak. I'm of the mindset that you got to start him, and here's why. It would be organizational malpractice to not exhaust every option you have at the quarterback position. Why'd you draft him? Why'd you draft him? If you had no intentions of ever seeing him play. This is the time. The time is now. Week 18, you're practically playing for nothing. Going up against a good opponent. See, I'm of a different mindset than Logan. I'm glad it's against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm glad it's against somebody who's playing for something. Because guess what? I want him to get the best look possible. I don't want it to be some dog and pony show to where we're scripting everything and trying to make it look perfect. I want him to have tape that we can critically evaluate this offseason and help this young man get better. Because that's all it's about. That's all it's about. Beautiful thing about it is, though, the quarterback's coach, Kenny Zampezi, gets to work with Sam Howell on a day-to-day basis. Here's Kenny Zampezi on what he's seen from Sam Howell. 
We may not see Sam Howell play in the regular season. How have you seen him progress over the course of, of the year together? He's done a great job. I'm really excited about Sam. He, he has so much pride, and he works at it so hard. And you can see the progress that he's made. And, you know, I can because we're on the field all the time and in the meetings all the time. But I really like what he's doing and where he's going. What, what's the progress? What's the biggest progress, area of progression that you've seen from him? Well, there's some technique things that we worked on that he came back after some time off and nailed. And then there's uh, just where the ball goes and why. And as you have conversations on the side with him while you're watching, just he's on it with you on the same page, just like we talked about in the meeting, so you know he's following along and picking it up. Anybody else? With, you, with, with Sam, too, though, the footwork was a big thing in matching up the footwork to the routes and all that. Where is he at with that? Oh, he's in good shape. He did a nice job. I can't wait to, uh, you know, whenever the next time is to get, get some more live reps for him. I can't wait for that. Quarterbacks coach Kenny Zampezi, the last line that he had there was the most telling. I can't wait till the next time we can afford to get Sam Howell some live work. Guess what Sunday represents? The next opportunity for Sam Howell to get some live work. I was out there boots on the ground at training camp. I said it back in August. I'll say it now. Talking about the combination of arm strength and accuracy, Sam Howell was the best out at training camp when talking about just that. Now, because he comes from a college offense and didn't run a lot of pro concepts, he's having to learn and grow in the area of matching up his feet and the timing of the routes in this offense. That's something that, according to everybody you talk to, he's gotten better at. So the fact of the matter is, point blank, you start Sam Howe Sunday or else. That's going to do it here on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. The Hoffman Show is next. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.